listening to the Hooked on Learning Podcast, where we discuss all things related to continuous improvement. And now to your host, Jesse Marka. All right, welcome back to the second half of today's podcast regarding the expectations of the company officer. You know, John F. Kennedy once famously said, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I think we can all understand why that is and should be true. Now, successful organizations are really good at making those expectations clear to the individuals who are charged with meeting them. And part of that is making sure they are reasonable and realistic. So the rest of today's podcast is really going to focus on identifying those expectations and then giving you some tips and tricks as how to best manage those expectations. And who better than to do that than Lieutenant Jason Hendrian. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast for a special interview by Lieutenant Jason Hendrian, where he describes some of the tips that he used and things that he learned along his um, transition to the role of company officer. There's a lot of expectations placed on the company officer, you know, and this is a little bit of a longer podcast because it's such an important thing is we really start um, firing up the engines on this company officer one and two program. And uh, these expectations come from so many different sources. And at times you may believe them to be unreasonable and certainly you will expect them or encounter situations that are difficult to meet and external expectations are, are so difficult sometimes to balance both from, from the people that we're working with, our peers, our family, um, our, our superiors or supervisors, and the public at large. And also we have these expectations to the most important people, um, which is back to our crew, obviously. And it's natural for a company officer to place these expectations on themselves. And while that's important, it's also important not to overwhelm yourself and to get into a situation where you've, you've created such a, a, a stressor and such a burden that it's, it's not even fair um, to you yourself. You have to be able to understand that it will take time and there will be opportunities where we can improve our skills and sometimes we learn from our mistakes along the way. The goal is to minimize those mistakes and the goal is not to make the same mistake twice. So in order to do that, it's important to seek assistance from, from different parts of the organization, um, from uh, experienced personnel. We can learn so much from the people who have been here um, for a long time and what their views are and their historical perspective. But with that in mind, we can sure stand to learn a lot from people who haven't been here as long. Um, you know, it's, it's important to see a fresh view and a new perspective on things. And we can learn a lot through the eyes of our employees and our peers who haven't been here as long as others. Uh, it's also, believe it or not, uh, it can be um, beneficial to seek advice from administration or from uh, from supervisors and uh, even outside of the organization because the more views we can get, the better to get that 360-degree view of, of really who we are as a person and who we are as a leader and a supervisor and how we can improve in the management of different projects. And the, the more feedback you receive, the better. Um, it is is not meant to be a, a critique process. It's meant to be a coaching process. So um, as that company officer, you have so many expectations from your family members. Uh, you know, one thing that I've personally learned from being on the other side of the station is that uh, your family, it, it is more obvious to me now than it ever was, your family um, definitely pays a price and, and really rises to the occasion 
to allow us to be in this line of work. Um, especially as a company officer, you're going to be uh, spending more time thinking about things that are going on at work, which means more stress, uh, more stress due to your new responsibility, more stress due to the fact that preparation is, is so important um, due to the wide scope of, of duties we're asked to fulfill here. And sometimes the uh, amount of time you spend with your family can be compromised by that, and that's really unfair um, to your family, and that's not something that we want to make a habit of because uh, sometimes the, the time and attention you want to focus into work, uh, frankly, might be unrealistic or unreasonable and in many instances unattainable. So it's important while we want to keep that balance at work, we want to keep that balance out of work as well, meaning we're not shutting off our, our roles and responsibilities as uh, company officers and leaders and supervisors, but that we're actually um, maintaining the appropriate balance for that healthy work and personal relationship. Uh, former peers, firefighters, we expect a similar uh, relationship to that of our family. And that's what I mean when I say that we are also para-family. As much as we are paramilitary, we are we are para-family. And uh, in terms of administration, sometimes the expectations uh, may be too high because it is possible to lose sight of things in terms of the, that balance that, uh, that you have to achieve both at the station and out of the station. Uh, but, you know, there's new responsibilities that administration will expect you to take on um, as it relates to different reports and projects and so on. And then obviously the public. The public expects answers, whether they're, whether they're picking up the phone and they're asking what day is uh, trash day or they have a question about fire extinguishers or something else. They expect answers and especially on scene, they expect us to mitigate and take care of whatever is going on at that time. Internally, um, Sometimes, and a lot of times this is done intentionally, uh, with people not even knowing it, that they're actually improperly using their new authority, which turns into an abuse of power, right? And that abuse of power really affects people, and it provides confusion. Um, and, and really what, what new company officers sometimes go through is they confuse rank with respect. Um, while one is, is given and bestowed upon you through some type of process, the latter, respect, must be earned. And in order to earn respect, one must return respect. Now, with these expectations, it's important to bring them in line with reality. Some of them, again, as I mentioned before, um, may be unrealistic or unreasonable. Uh, one of those things is, is showing up on your first day and changing every little thing that's ever happened in the history of the organization and, uh, you know, I have a, a quick story about a gentleman at another fire department who was just recently promoted. And uh, in between his last shift as a firefighter and his first shift as a company officer, I had the opportunity to talk to him. And he, he told me that he was putting a lot of thought into things and he really wanted everything to go well. And he had a lot of expectations, both of himself and the expectations of his crew. And from the surface, he thought, well, this guy really is, is in tune with what's going on. And uh, as dumb luck would have it, a couple weeks later, I was able to connect with some other people that are ironically on this gentleman's crew. And I said, oh, that's, you know, that's great that this person was promoted. And, um, you know, hopefully he's doing well. And, and the feedback I received from that person was quite counter to, to what the feedback I, re I received from uh, my other friend. Essentially, the ex expectations of the crew were that this person um, – was going to be fair and and uh, 
objective in their leadership style. However, uh, as it turns out, the perception, as we discussed earlier, of this individual was basically of one who was not willing to do the work when they were on the front lines, so now to enforce the work while they are on uh, in another position. That doesn't really reflect well on a person. I don't know if that's a true story or not, um, but I do know that if you find yourself in that situation, that could be a red flag for you. So with that, um, expectations, the reasonable ones are met through education, training, and effort. Now, sometimes you just have to do the work, which means putting in a little bit of time and studying and reading up on things and really understanding uh, the different skills, both at the station and out of the station, that you need to develop. And that's done really only through effort. Um, so learn to manage with expectations, or, or learn to manage your expectations, rather, and, and learn to manage the expectations of the group and to provide compromise when necessary because um, that's, that's a necessary approach for a successful transition. And along the way, things won't go your way, frankly. That's, that's just how life goes. Uh, and in those situations... We shouldn't view those challenges as barriers or dead ends. We should see those challenges as opportunities because with every challenge comes opportunity. Those opportunities provide us the uh, ability to grow as a person and as a professional. And because of that, we should take full advantage of that, um, meaning we need to communicate effectively and we need to apply the appropriate techniques, both as a, as a subordinate and a, and a supervisor. We need to manage effectively and treat people fairly in order to project that command presence that is so important uh, in our field and to develop the appropriate leadership style that fits us as, as individual leaders and that fits the, the ultimate needs of the organization. And frankly, the only way can, we can do that is, uh, is to show respect for others and to be that positive ethical role model at all times um, in all of the things that we do and to set those high yet very attainable standards uh, for ourselves and for our crews and to praise accomplishments and listen to others and really just be a good partner and be a good um, and to be a good team member. If you can do those things and you're committed to education and training and you remain humble, then there you go. You are building your leadership profile and you're doing it in a way that is, is realistic and attainable and constructive and positive for the group. Um, but it's when we break off of that path and we our bearing is set slightly wrong, we're a few degrees off and we stray into an area where we find ourselves resorting to using rank as a reason um, for remaining compliance because I'll tell you right now how that's received. Yeah, nobody nobody receives that well. So because of that, you should hardly ever resort to using rank as a reason for compliance. Again, on scene is a little bit different in, uh, in all levels of the organization. We need to make sure we are formal and respectful of, uh, of position and rank and relationship. And we need to build, build that mutual respect uh, when we're not on scene in order for it to manifest itself when we are on scene. And, you know, having an established reputation as, as a firefighter can really help you build a bridge into your new position as a company officer and, you know, it's important to remember, too, that respect is earned. And, uh, you know, sometimes the unit may respect the rank rather than the person. And um, that's usually a sign of, of that past reputation rearing its head at, at a bad time uh, for the individual who's been promoted, meaning that it is so important day in and day out, every day of your career, as it, 
a firefighter and every day in your life as a human being outside of here that you do all of those things needed to earn respect. Again, meaning to give respect. All right, I know everybody's been listening to the first part of this podcast in great suspense. That's right, this is the moment that everybody's been waiting for. Our long-awaited interview with none other than Lieutenant Jason Hendrian, live in the flesh. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, man, for that. Thank you. Keep it going, keep it going. Perfect, Jay. Uh, obviously, you're very well received by our listening audience, um, and hopefully, you didn't have any problems making it to our studio here today. No, uh, was late. Perfect, excellent. Um, very happy to hear that. Uh, you know, on, on the rest of the podcast, what we've really been talking about is the transition to the role of company officer and the expectations and the challenges uh, that you face. And basically, what, what we'd like to do is pick your brain for a little minute, uh, seeing as Congratulations are in order for you being a lieutenant now for officially just over one year. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, what I'd like to focus on, if you have a few minutes in, in between busy schedules, I know you have a few other appearances to make today, um, are those challenges that you face. So if you could maybe start by explaining in your in your transition from firefighter to company officer over the last year, what were what was the biggest challenge or, or what was the biggest challenges uh, that you faced in that in that time frame? Uh, I'd say the biggest challenges were just the expectations of the new role uh, with the guy, my uh, the guys I work with. Um, going from firefighter lieutenant, I felt you know I was comfortable as a firefighter for quite some time um, with the role that I had, and with this new position, I know the the expectations were pretty high, and it was just me and those expectations not just for the guys I work with, but for the rest of the department as well. Um, making sure that I knew my job well, making sure that uh, things that I was good at, that I stayed consistent at, that I didn't get sloppy, and just maintaining uh, a certain level of performance. So you talked a little bit about expectations and, and the expectations being high. With that, uh, what expectations do you believe the group had of you uh, regarding whether it was leadership or uh, management or just kind of interpersonal things? I think the biggest thing they're expecting, not just from me, but I think uh, the new officers and the current officers uh, previous to me are, is consistency, that we we operated in a consistent fashion where everything was across the board. Um, not necessarily it had to be fair, but just consistent. So um, policies, procedures, the way we ran our daily schedule um, to stay on top of things and making sure that things that we agreed to or the policies that we signed off on, that we maintain that consistency and that we held people accountable to those procedures. Yeah, consistency certainly seems to be a key. And in, in some of the lessons we've talked about previously, we've discussed consistency and the importance of consistency to the fire service. We're unique from a lot of different industries because not only are we working together, but we're really living together. Whereas uh, in, in maybe some of the more corporate settings, there's no discussion over who's going shopping, who's doing the dishes, who's cooking, uh, what do you want to watch on TV, those sorts of things. So how do you manage the expectations that come along with that as well? Uh, I think the biggest thing to do is just to have a, a 
an open discussion with the guys. Um, a lot of times people in leadership roles like to do things behind closed doors and, and come out and, and dictate a few things to the, to the rest of the group. I think, especially on day one, um, laying out those expectations, whether it is how we operate uh, per the policy or how we want to shift the run, whether it involves cooking, um, washing trucks, what time we meet at to have our morning meeting. Um, once those decisions are decided, then to stick with that, make it consistent. There's even a little deviation from those those decisions that are made, uh, I think kind of is detrimental to the, the leadership around the rest of the department, not, not keeping that same consistency. Uh, is to the outside perspective, especially people who don't run a paramilitary organization, that, that might seem a little benign that uh, those kind of things are, are a big deal. But in the fire service, it's definitely a big deal because as officers, we expect certain accountability towards our subordinates. And it should go both ways. The subordinates should hold us accountable to maintain that certain consistency throughout the 24 hours of the day. So we, we've talked quite a bit now about the expectations of the group. What expectations did you have of yourself um, in during this transition from firefighter to company officer? Like I said previously, my the biggest expectations for myself were not just uh, to maintain the qualities that I had, but to improve on them, to not just know the, the policies and procedures, but to be an expert at it, to maintain that consistency of showing up to work on time, uh, you know, proper uniform, the way I check my truck, uh, the way I, I treat everybody, try to keep, you know, the fairness consistent. Not not coming off as as fake would be another high expectation that I had for myself. Uh, sometimes people get the, the badge or they get a new title and they start changing the way they, they operate or the way they, they their personality. And I think a lot of guys can find that they they're pretty smart. They they can they know when somebody's being fake and trying to be a poser in an officer officership role. And I think to me, not coming off as as fake was the biggest um, probably the biggest expectation. I think uh, humility goes a long ways. And I'm by no means an expert. Once I become a lieutenant, I still have a ton more to learn. So um, I I would even place it as your knowledge skills and abilities are a big deal and everybody should should strive to be an expert in their knowledge skills and abilities but i think especially when it comes to leadership roles that the human relationship you have with the guys um especially when it comes to humility is a uh it's a big factor to keep in the back of your head yeah i couldn't agree more with that and uh, when we talk about the transition as well and, and these expectations uh, and you've hit a lot of key points here um, as a as a lieutenant at, a, at our fire department, it really, when it comes to consistency, requires a lot of balance. Um, so the people in those positions have to be balanced. And you talked a little bit about some of the things that you do, whether it's checking the trucks um, or communicating the expectations with your shift. How did you maintain that balance throughout your, uh, your, your probationary period as a lieutenant? Uh, I think... Most of it had a lot to do with what I did at home, and that was preparing for, one, the first day of being an officer, and two, every single day, the night before or the morning before I come into work, um, just thinking about how the day is going to go and how I want to split my time. Um, you know, There's a lot of things going on when you're working 24 hours, and not to include everything that's going on at home that you got to juggle. And 
some of us are really busy, some of us are kind of busy, but I don't think anybody has a whole lot of free time where they can think about a lot of those things. So for me, um, once you become an officer and as you keep going up the ranks, I think your job gets a lot harder, a lot more time consuming, which is what you should expect. So that means that the night before I'm planning out my day, uh, what kind of things I want to get done at the, at the on shift or even in a week or two from now, um, a lot of that is a lot of pre-planning. Um, just taking that extra time at home, uh, making extra phone calls, talking to different guys, staying after work a little bit longer to deal with certain issues. Um, I think those are the uh, kind of things you have to do once you start stepping up in the officership role. So you mentioned your free time, and uh, you know our, our inbox is being flooded here during this interview, and there's a question that comes from Dave in St. Clair Shores, and uh, Dave asks Jason, when you're not pumping weight, it's well known that you read many leather-bound books. Is there a particular book or reading that you believe to be important for what we're discussing today? Well, thanks, Dave. Uh, appreciate the question. Um, big fan of St. Clair Shores. It's beautiful out there. Nice, clean water. Close to Gross Point, which is nice. Very true. Very true. Uh, yeah, there's two books, actually, that I would recommend to every single person who decides to become an officer. doesn't matter what, what fire department or uh, police, anything. I, even just to be a good human being, I think these are the two best books I would offer out. Uh, the first one is the, uh, the Armed Forces Officer uh, Handbook. It's uh, the 1950s edition from the United States Department of Defense. Without getting too much into it, the book is is what was issued to all the uh, the new officers in the army in uh, <laughs> in uh, 1950. So the um, other than the choice of words they use, want to be too PC today, but the way it's written is very plain spoken. And basically, what it comes down to is is be a good person, treat people right, look good, take your health seriously, be able to speak and write well. Um, just kind of common sense things that not, don't necessarily apply to the military or to the fire service, but just to be a good person. Oh. Uh, the, the second one I would uh, offer up is uh, a lot of people heard me talk about this one is extreme ownership, which is by uh, Jocko Willink and Lee Chatham. <laughs> and they are two Navy SEALs, which are hot right now. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, the book talks about just taking ownership in everything you do. It's goes down to the uh, to a sub, to the lowest ranking member of the team all the way up to the uh, the chief of the organization. That if everybody has the attitude that you have ownership in every single task, whether you're mopping the floors, making dinner, uh, patient care, or running a fire scene, that you are responsible for all the actions that happen. Um, from a leadership role, it's if somebody on your team makes a mistake, it's not passing the buck on them. It's it's because of you. You didn't prepare your guys well enough. Um, you didn't recognize that there was flaws in the way they, they operate. We really appreciate you taking time out of your extremely busy schedule today uh, and stopping by the studio to share a lot of your expertise with us. Perhaps maybe we could get in touch with your agent and, uh, and maybe set something else up in the future as well if you'd be so inclined. Absolutely. I'd love to be back. Perfect. Uh, with that, is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with today? Yeah, I just say, uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, if there's any ad advice I can give anybody when it comes to leadership in a few words or so, uh, the, 
it would be just be have some humility and don't act like you're the expert in the room and always look to uh, for other people to learn from. Um, this job definitely makes you makes you uh, or brings out your humility. And I think the more that you are willing to show that you're human and you can make mistakes and you're always willing to strive to improve, I think that you'll be a successful leader. Excellent. Thank you for sharing all your thoughts on that. Uh, if we could get a quick round of applause from our live studio audience. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.